Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is People Every Day. Coming up, Will Smith goes even deeper, pouring his heart out to Oprah about ups and downs with wife Jada, his thoughts on race, and why he says he fails the women in his life. Plus, Whitney Port's heartbreaking pregnancy updates, and there's some warm and sexy new music to get into. It's November 5th. Happy Friday, folks. This is People Every Day, and I am your host, Janine Rubenstein, greeting you here at the finish line. Uh, for the first time in a while, I have almost zero plans for the weekend, and I couldn't be happier about that. I saw a meme that said that it's now not leaving out of the house again after you've gotten home season, <laughs> and I am going to try and embrace that a bit more. Well, one thing I'll be doing is dancing to some smooth, seasonal-appropriate new music out there. It's New Music Friday, and you guys know I'm a big R&B fan. So there's Summer Walker's highly anticipated sophomore album, Still Over It, that just dropped and features Sierra. Cardi B, Pharrell, you name it. So excited to listen to that. But also, we have a sexy new offering from my guys, Silk Sonic. If you don't know, that is the unapologetically retro R&B duo made up of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. They just released the latest single, Smokin' Out the Window, off their upcoming album, An Evening with Silk Sonic, out November 12th. So before you get into the headlines, relax. I am here for all of it. All right, a few more music notes for you. It's been announced that Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande are set to star in the film adaptation of the hit Broadway musical, Wicked. Erivo will play Elphaba and Grande will play Glinda. The two stars have been fanning out over one another since the news broke, and we will all be able to see their magical rivalry play out on screens next summer. Okay, turning down the music and switching on the news. It's time now to dig into the latest headlines surrounding Whitney Port, who we know from her time on TV's The Hills New Beginnings. She took to YouTube on Wednesday to share a heart-wrenching update. She's seven weeks pregnant, but her doctor told her something's off. In the past, she's been very open about her pregnancy troubles. She suffered two miscarriages, one in July 2019 and the other at the beginning of this year in January. Now she's being just as candid. There is so much here. So I've asked people's Zoe Ruderman, host of the People podcast, Me Becoming Mom, to join this conversation. Hi, Zoe. Hey, Janine. Thanks for having me. This is right up my alley. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Whitney is seven weeks along. What a scary time for her. So let's just take a listen first to some of her YouTube video. I went to the doctor and he did an ultrasound and then he looked a little bit deeper and um, whatever was happening in there was not where it was supposed to be given the week that I'm at. 
the moral of the story is that this is likely another unhealthy pregnancy. I cried when I watched that YouTube video that she posted. It was just so raw. And actually what you can't see is that she and her husband are both crying throughout it. They're sitting on the sofa together. It just, it's a really, really raw moment. And she's known for being someone who obviously she let cameras into her life at a young age, but on her YouTube channel, she's really open. And I think a lot of people who have not experienced pregnancy loss don't realize that it's not black and white. It's not like you're either pregnant or you've had a pregnancy loss. Like there is sometimes this moment where you don't know. And what's interesting with Whitney's story is that she went, she had this very discouraging appointment and then she actually posted an update saying we went back for another scan and they're seeing a heartbeat, they're seeing an embryo. So it looks like it could be viable, but I will tell you, Janine, I have suffered multiple pregnancy losses just like she has. And it's, it's really it's a strange time because you want to be celebratory, especially when you get that, like, maybe it's good news, but it's very strange to be going through that. And it's really isolating. So I think what she did, it's, it's brave. And I have to give it to her to like talk openly about this, especially as you said, she suffered pregnancy loss before she had two miscarriages. She had a a chemical pregnancy, which really is emotionally the same as a miscarriage. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I mean, after two miscarriages, you're considered someone who has recurrent pregnancy loss and they start Mm -hmm. to, many doctors encourage you to think about other methods like IVF. I know Whitney said, maybe we'll try adoption. It's really important to her to add to her family. So it'll be interesting to follow along. She's opened the doors to all of us and it makes me think she'll continue to update us. For sure. And yeah, to that point, she she does have four-year-old son, Sonny, um, but they have been trying to grow their family for so long. And it made me think of a moment that happened actually not too long ago, Halloween night. We were out with a bunch of families um, trick-or-treating and one of the moms had her son there who was a bit older than the rest of the kids. And um, and I had brought Raimi, um, my baby girl, and, and he was just so attached to her and playing. And, and the mom came over and said, just so you know, like, don't worry, he's going to be so gentle. He loves babies. Um, we, you know, weren't able to give him a sibling as much as we tried. And in that moment, it just, it, it really opened up that, that idea of, you know, just how hard this can be for people, even if you do have a child, for Absolutely. those who don't at all, of course. But when you do have that first baby, to it's it's not, like you yeah, said, black yeah. and white. And Zoe, that, that brings me to your podcast, which is just blowing up, especially with this recent episode with Alyssa Milano. She opened up about the miscarriages that she had. So let's take a listen to what she said. I mean, I definitely had this moment of, well, we're being punished, basically, for for abortions in my in my 20s. That just it's that's some powerful stuff and something again that I know is thinking that women have fallen into that with her saying it kind of gives them a little bit more um, freedom. But what else did she talk about? And, and, and take us into that. Yeah, I loved this interview. She was, um, as you would expect, very raw. She There was nothing she would not touch on. We ended up talking well past the hour that we had asked her for. Um, she talked about the abortion she had in her 20s. She said she always knew she wanted to be a mom. And that we talked about this misconception that you can want to become a mom and still have abortions. Like those are not in mm-hmm. juxtaposition. And, you mm-hmm. know, we talked about how common abortion 
abortions are. I think the latest research is 24% of women will have had at least one abortion. That's one in Mm. four. So the idea of like, well, I don't know anyone who's had it. You just don't know anyone who has talked about it openly. So again, trying to change those conversations. She also talked about her miscarriages. She had one before both of her children. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest and most difficult thing we talked about was her sexual assault and how that sort of reemerged those feelings that she hadn't really thought much about or had sort of needed to therapize as much came through actually when she was in labor and she was utterly and completely unprepared. So at one point she said something to me like, everyone had access to my vagina and like Janine, we've both given birth. We know what this is like. And it's true. Like I could totally relate to it. And it was like a funny statement. And she said, it's scary. It's scary. And there's, even though there's this idea of consent, it's not like, you know, I mean, like you're like, you're open for everyone to see people are coming in. You don't know the names of these people. And she said, and if you have that trauma, I can totally see how that's triggering. She actually says that she thinks her postpartum depression and anxiety is tied to that re-traumatization and she had to really wow. kind of think about that and and prepare herself for her next delivery but it was yeah just an incredible conversation and I have to tell you I got so many texts and messages from people saying thank you for this whether it was about the abortions the losses the sexual assault and then delivery and you don't have to feel shame and guilt I talked to an OBGYN who said there is no wrong feeling when it comes to loss or sexual assault or abortion, except for shame or guilt. She said those are the only two feelings that are not acceptable, and I loved that. Next up, people Zoe Ruderman and I share our thoughts about Will Smith's bombshell Oprah interview and his no-holds-barred memoir that is sure to fly off the shelves. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, guys. I am back now talking through the biggest headlines with people Zoe Ruderman. And we are shifting over into the world of superstar memoirs. And Will Smith, uh, his memoir, Will, is going to be out very soon, November 9th. But oh, my goodness, the bombshell revelations are just pouring out this week. And he did he did it. He did the sit down with Oprah. Um, she just really dug in and and asked all the questions. And uh, she opened her interview saying that this is, quote, the best memoir I've ever read. That's Oprah saying that, which is a huge compliment. This woman has read a lot of memoirs. 
how did you just what was your immediate takeaway from everything he poured out there? I mean, bombshell is the word like normally Mm -hmm. in a really good Oprah interview, you're like, okay, a handful of bombshells. This was like bombshell after bombshell. I thought it was interesting that like nothing was off limits. They talked about his relationship with Jada, which, you know, Jenny and I love a relationship deep dive. So Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by that. I've always been fascinated by their relationship. And I kind of thought like, oh, this is well-tread territory. Like, We've heard it the all. The entanglements, the, yeah. all of that. Like, but no, but, there was so, more. so much more. It was so <laughs> wild. And I think people are really fascinated by their relationship yeah. because they're so open. And he, he talked about all of and it. The, and the fact that they were never officially separated um, and that this was something that they did between them to say like, hey, this isn't working. Um, I'm not making you happy. You're not making me happy. Actually, we can't make each other happy because that's not our jobs. You need to go find your happiness and bring your full self back to this relationship. But I, I love the thing that he says brought them back, which was that she is the person he could talk to forever. Like she has just brought out the best conversations of his life. They've talked for four hours straight and 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 they still do. Well, and you, you know what I loved about this? So much has been made of their sexual relationship yes. and like, because they talk so openly about it. And even he talked about there was a point where like they were having sex four times a day, which I mean, who has the time for that? Mm-hmm. But okay, like, good for mo- you guys. Multiple times a day. He said, we drank every day, had sex multiple times every day for four straight months. Oh yeah, months. sorry. Multiple times for four straight months, which is mm-hmm. actually even more impressive, I think. Yeah. Four straight he months said, of multiple I'm, times. Goodness. He said, I'm going to satisfy this woman sexually or die trying. This is what he says in the book. I mean, that's his new, like if he's ever a real housewife, <laughs> that's his tagline. I think we have it right there. But I, I love that like so much has been made of their relationship sexually, mm-hmm. but he was like, no, what actually brought us back together and what keeps us together is this like personal connection. And I mean, you use the word stimulation, but like he's talking about her personality and their ability to yeah. have like deep, long conversations. She's his person. Um, and no matter what else they've, they've done within their relationship, like he makes it very clear that that she is his person. But the, the thing about this book for me is we had this image of Will Smith uh, from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to Bad Boys and all the hit movies, you know, Pursuit of Happiness. He's just this kind of like almost sugary sweet celebrity that we love and, and especially in the black community as well that, you know, has always been put on such a like untouchable pedestal. Right. And he is kind of like just peeling back all of those layers, the stuff he talks about his dad, um, just that relationship of feeling like I loved this man and hated this man all at the same time. And, and how that affected him throughout his entire life and the abuse that, that his mother went through at the hands of his father. Exactly. And even talking about how his siblings all reacted differently and that actually like he credits his career in comedy and sort of being goofy to Mm -hmm. like, you know, one sibling, you know, it was fight, one sibling, it was flee. And for him, it was freeze, which translated into like kind of owning the room and being funny and comedy and all of that. So like he is the person he is and he has all the success that you just mentioned because of that upbringing, which I think is, is surprising to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this one quote. There's this one quote, though. And I think it goes back to all that, the trauma and and, and the mom. He says, I've carried most of my life the sense of failing every woman I interact with, which is like so heavy. But it goes back to that part in the book where he watches his mom get struck 
by his father and doesn't help her. Yeah. And he's a superhero in so many people's minds, right? It's it's so fascinating to see this side of someone like him who, yeah. like, I mean, he's been in your life and my wife, life since like we were little. We've been watching him oh my forever goodness, yes. and you think you know someone and it's it's really fascinating. I'm curious what you thought of the one anecdote where he talks about being in a movie theater, um, mm. seeing a skinhead with a swastika laughing to men in black and like how he processed that and sort of thought about like comedy um, working to battle racism or to like zero out racism. It kind of aligns with his whole freeze philosophy of like, you know, let's just make everyone smile and make everyone happy so that, you know, we don't have to dig into the dark stuff and we don't have to dig into the issues. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's really interesting to to have him say that. And, and you know, he, he started as a rapper, but he was kind of like a rapper light, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how, he, at, the, at the time, when there's gangster rap and all that other stuff, he was a version that was family-friendly and, you know, he never cursed, never did drugs, never drank, anything like that. You know, you, you didn't have to deal with uh, a lot of the things that were going on societally when you, you tuned into Will Smith, you know? Yeah. And, and he's talking about, you know, kind of what, built that up, uh, he, that he was, you know, he felt like he was not black enough or right. at, too black at some times. And, and maybe he's gotten to a point where he doesn't have that that fear anymore. Definitely. I mean, I want to go back to, you talked about like how he was clean cut. He was the guy who didn't do drugs. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because in the book, he said he almost, or in the interview, he said he almost didn't include the section of the book where he talks about doing ayahuasca. So I think mm -hmm. that's proof that he's like, I really am putting it all out there. I'm not filtering anything. This is everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was during his like period of you know, self-discovery and after all of the struggles that um, he went through within his marriage with Jada and all of that, just really trying to figure out who he is and, and, and how he can grow. And I do think that's interesting because, again, he's, he's Will Smith. He's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He doesn't do that stuff. <laughs> Totally. You know? But he does. And that's what this whole book is about. He is yeah, a yeah. fully formed human being. That was head of people.com and host of People's Me Becoming Mom podcast, Zoe Ruderman. For more on those stories, head over to people.com. Also, now it's time to give you a little sneak peek into next week. We won't tell you who People's 2021 Sexiest Man Alive is just yet. You'll have to tune in to the late show with Stephen Colbert on Tuesday night. Mark your calendars. But I can tell you one of the men being featured in the Sexiest Men of the Year section of next week's issue. It's none other than Daniel Day Kim. Take a listen to what the Lost alum said when asked what his family thought of the sexy news. They had the same reaction that they did every other year, which is like, that's great, honey. Now take out the trash. <laughs> Sexiness is no exemption from chores. And now something to make you smile. If you see a couple walking a gigantic potato, don't be alarmed. It's just Doug, the world's largest spud. Colin and Donna Craig Brown made the discovery while digging in their New Zealand backyard. Colin was in disbelief at first, so he gave the skin a try. And that's when he realized they had a gigantic root vegetable on their hands, topping the scale at a whopping 17.4 pounds. They've developed a unique connection to their find, and that's when they decided to name him Doug. <laughs> but having the big boy has come at a smelly price 
to pay because he developed mold and a foul odor. So now he currently lives in the couple's freezer. (laughs) Their hopes are to get the potato into the Guinness Book of World Records. So being that this potato has such an awesome name, I had to ask my husband, Doug, (laughs) how he feels about this story. Doug? I just think they picked the correct name, an extraordinary name for an extraordinary spud. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, he has a friend in Doug, Funky Mold and all. (laughs) Well, guys, have a wonderful weekend. And don't forget, set your clocks back an hour on Saturday so you're ready for that daylight savings time. Talk soon. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Darby Masters, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew, Bahid Frazier, and Josh Fisher. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartRadio and People.